وَالَّذِينَ and those who istajabu لِرَبِّهِمْ They respond to their Lord. How? By word and action. Meaning when Allah calls them, Allah gives them a certain command, they respond. They don't ignore that command. They actually respond. لَبَّيْكَ Allahumma labbaik. Here I am, O Allah. Your command, I will do it. You are ordering me, I will happily do this. وَالَّذِينَ اسْتَجَابُوا لِرَبِّهِمْ وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ And they establish the prayer. وَأَمْرُهُمْ And their matters. Their matter, their affair, is determined how? Through شُورَا بَيْنَهُمْ Through consultation, among themselves. Shura, from the root letters, sheen, waw, ra. This is the word after which the surah is named. Shura, mushawara, is from the word shuwar. Shuwar is what appears of something. Okay, what appears of something. So for example, there is a bag and there's something in it and the mouth of the bag or the opening of the bag is there. So when you look, you see inside. This is shuwa, what appears of something. And when you look, you see that, okay, there's clothes in the bag. Okay, there's a bottle of water in the bag. Okay? This is shuwa, what appears of something. Okay? It is said, shurtul asal. What is asal? Honey. So shurtul asal meaning I extracted honey. The honey was in the hive. And what happened? I extracted it. I took it from its place. From where it was. So tashawur is istikhrajur ra'i. To extract, to seek what's in the minds of other people. You understand? To extract what is in the minds of other people. To seek their opinion. To ask them about their wishes. About their ideas. Their thoughts. Their opinion. Concerning a particular matter. So basically, shura is consultation. To decide a matter, not just by your own reasoning, based on your thinking, but reaching out to others also. What do you think? What do you say? What is your opinion? Alright? Because whenever something's to be done, everybody has their own ideas about it, right? Everybody has their own ideas. So for example, you've been given some homework as groups, alright, to prepare a report, an opinion, or a proposal, rather, regarding a class trip. Isn't it? So now each person has an idea. One person thinks we should go for tree planting, right? Another person thinks we should go to the museum. Another person thinks we should go to Wonderland. Another person thinks we should go here, we should go there. Alright? So many ideas. Each person has their own wishes, their own ideas. Shura is asking everybody, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Alright? What's in your mind? What's in your heart? What do you want? What do you think is the best? And then, Shura, that when everyone is consulted, then mutually, together, everybody agrees upon a matter. Agrees upon one thing. So for example, Let's look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ. Battle of Uhud. Right before that, the Prophet ﷺ learned about the enemy approaching. So did he just decide on his own? That okay, everybody get ready, let's go. No. What did he do? He consulted all the major people. 
not every single individual. Because if we start taking shura from every single individual, then what happens? We'll never ever reach a conclusion. Isn't it? So who was consulted? The tribal leaders. Or the people of influence. Alright? And so when they were consulted, there were two opinions. One was, let's stay in Medina and defend. The other was, let's go outside and fight. Two opinions. So from all the different ideas, there were only two now to choose from. And then what happened? Further discussion led to the decision that we should go out. This is shura. So wa amruhum shura baynahum. Their affairs are determined by mutual consultation. Baynahum between them. But notice one thing. Amruhum their affair. Meaning that which is related to them. Whether regarding matters at home or at work. Meaning that which is related to them. So for example, if you are going to go for groceries. Okay? Your mom tells you, go get the groceries. So before you go, you ask everybody, what would you like, what would you like, what would you like? And then you, you know, after a consultation, you come up with a list. Are you going to go ask your neighbor? Do you think it's a good idea if, that, that I should buy 10 apples? Or are you going to call your mom in Pakistan and ask her? Does it make sense? No. Who is it that you have to consult? Who? Those to whom that matter is relevant. And there's something very important. Because we go to extremes in shura. Either we do shura about nothing, or we do shura about every irrelevant thing. Mom, do you think I should wear these socks or those socks? Come on already, choose a pair of socks and just put it on and go. You understand what I mean? And then what happens is that sometimes we're doing shura about doing shura. No. Don't live in shura. Don't always talk about shura. You know, shura is important, but within limits. It's necessary, but within limits. So, amruhum shura baynahum. Between them. وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And from that which we have provided them, they spend also. So, a very interesting quality is mentioned over here of people whose priority is akhirah, that they run their affairs by mutual consultation. Meaning when something is of mutual concern, then they consult. Consultation, shura, is what? It's basically communication. And that is essential for community building. That is essential for unity. It is what keeps a group of people together, their relationships healthy. Not consulting leads to what? Miscommunication, misunderstanding, and also a distance between people. Consulting someone means that you're acknowledging that they matter. They matter. So you want to know what their ideas are. So there are many, many benefits of shura. There's firstly Allah's blessing. There's barakah. Because when more people are involved in a good matter, then there's more blessing. Right? It builds trust. You also make a better decision. Because as an individual, you have only one brain. Isn't it? You have only one brain. You have your own biases, your prejudice, your weakness, your likes and dislikes. It's very much possible that you're not looking at things the way you should be looking at. So another person, a third person, a fourth person, you know, when you consult them, that brings you another viewpoint. So 
together you reach a better decision. There's unity, there's clarity, there's communication. It's a sunnah, it's the way of the companions, it's the way of successful people. So, وَأَمْرُهُمْ شُورَ بَيْنَهُمْ وَالَّذِينَ And those people who, إِذَا وَنْ أَصَابَهُمُ الْبَغْيُ When baghi, when tyranny, oppression, injustice strikes them. Meaning they're struck, they're affected by someone's injustice. What do they do? They present the other cheek? No. هُمْ يَنْتَصِرُونَ They defend themselves. يَنْتَصِرُونَ إِنْتَصَرَ إِنْتَصَرَ is to help oneself, to defend oneself. So, إِذَا أَصَابَهُمْ And again, look at the word أَصَابَ It's targeted. It's targeted because of who they are. Somebody is targeting them with their oppression. Alright? So what do they do? Yantasirun. They don't bear oppression. They don't lower their head so they may be beaten up more and more and they may be oppressed more and more. In other words, they are not content with oppression. They're not content with humiliation and disgrace. They do not accept it. And when they do not accept abuse, then what do they create? They create a culture of justice and fairness. You know, we have a very weird idea regarding dealing with oppression. You know, we think that be patient, be patient, and suffer abuse. No, that is not patience. All right, patience. Inshallah, we'll talk about that later. Here, what do we see? That a believer is not content with humiliation. With abuse. He will do something to come out of that state of oppression. Why? Because if we are in a state of oppression, can we worship Allah the way we should worship Allah? No. We cannot. If we're scared, if we don't speak up for ourselves, if we don't defend our rights, then what will happen? Gradually we will lose all of our rights. If someone is overstepping their bounds and you know, is hurting us, and we let that happen, tomorrow they will hurt us even more. And the day after they will hurt us even more. Now we might think that, well, the Prophet ﷺ was in Mecca for like 13 years, and the Muslims were being abused, and you know, they were told to be patient, and not take any revenge. So how does that add up? Remember, this is a Makki surah. Alright? And we see that yes, the Muslims were being abused, and they were told to be patient. But were they content with that abuse? Were they? No, they weren't. The Prophet ﷺ told the Muslims to migrate to Abyssinia, to help themselves. Right? That was their intisar. That was their defending themselves. Get out of that place, go somewhere else. Correct? And then we see that the plan was to reach a better state. And the Prophet ﷺ migrated from Makkah to Medina. Correct? So, هُمْ يَنْتَصِرُونَ They defend themselves. They do not accept oppression that is done to them. For greater good. Because remember that if we are accepting abuse, then we are promoting abuse. If we accept oppression, then we are promoting oppression. Today we are victims, tomorrow somebody else will be a victim. So, هُمْ يَنْتَصِرُونَ Whether it is, you know, this oppression is in the form of bullying, or somebody cheating on you, or somebody, you know, pulling pranks on you and annoying you and hurting you, don't accept it. Don't accept it. Speak up. Do something to defend yourself. 
You see, when we are wronged, there are four possible reactions. Four possible reactions. One reaction is that we are radi, we are content with the humiliation, all right, and we present the other cheek. Right? Somebody slaps us on one cheek, we say, okay, slap me over here too. Because I really like your oppression, I really appreciate it. This is not allowed. As Muslims, we're not allowed to do that. Yes, we may not be able to do anything, alright, to stop the oppressor's hand. We may not be able to, but we cannot accept that abuse. We should know that this abuse is wrong. It's unacceptable. And sometimes you see, yantasirun is also by making dua. And definitely it should be by making dua. So one possible reaction is that we are content with the oppression and this is something that's not allowed. The second possible reaction is that we do to the other what they did to us. Okay? Meaning, if somebody hit us, we hit them back. If somebody said something mean to us, we respond. Alright? We do to the other what was done to us. This is allowed. As we learn, for example, in Surah Al-Hajj, Ayah 39, that, أُذِنَ Permission has been given to those who have been fought. What permission has been given? To fight back. Alright? Because they were fought, so they may fight back. This permission is given. This is allowed. The third possible reaction is that we forgive the oppressor. Meaning we ignore what they have done. We overlook their oppression and we move on. Remember, this is different from accepting it. Accepting it means it's okay. Forgiving and being patient means it's not okay. However, I ignore you. It's not okay. I don't like it. I don't accept it. But you know what? I'm going to be better than you. So I'm not going to do to you what you did to me. And I'm going to move on. This is the third option. And this is also allowed. Yes. Okay. If this is between you and Allah. But sometimes it's also between you and people. In the sense that if somebody is abusing you verbally, all right, you have the option to abuse them back. But you say to them, Salamun alaykum. Alright? You say to them, I'm not going to say anything to you. I'm not going to be how you are being. You can sometimes respond in that way. Okay? You see this third reaction, you can understand it as if a child is misbehaving with you. Right? Like for example, a child, sometimes you stop a child from doing something and a random child and they just start kicking you and hitting you and they just knock your glasses off and you're like, what did I do to you? So are you going to smack the child back? Are you going to go smack his mother? No, you're going to let it go because what are you going to say? He's a child. Right? You're going to let it go. This is being patient and ignoring, moving on from it. Alright? Salamun alaykum la nabtaghil jahileen wa idha marru billaghwi marru kirama. The fourth option is that a person does more in revenge that was done to him. So a person hit him with a brick or rather a person, you know, he slapped him and he throws a brick at him. This is worse than what was done to him. Right? Somebody snatched your phone 
you grab their computer and you throw it on the floor. Alright? This is not allowed. This is ظلم. Okay? Somebody takes one sip from your drink and you take their whole drink away. Somebody takes one fry and you take their whole burger away. This is ظلم. This is not allowed. Now, we see that there's two options which are permissible. What are those options? One is that you do to the other what was done to you and the other is that you forgive, you ignore, you overlook and you move on. Alright? So basically you have a choice between revenge or forgiveness. What should be done? What What is it that we should choose? Depending on the situation. In some situations, forgiveness is better. Right? Because it will lead to islah. And in other situations, what is better? Revenge is better. Why? Because when you are taking revenge, when you are you know, defending yourself by doing to the other what they did to you, you're teaching them a lesson also. You understand? So given the situation, depending on what will you know, solve the problem, then you choose between either forgiveness or revenge. Alright? Typically, however, what is it that we do? The other two. Either we just accept abuse, pitying ourselves in the name of sabr, or what do we do? We become more oppressive. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over here that hum yantasirun, they defend themselves. How? By speaking up, by defending themselves, by seeking help from Allah, from those around them. In Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 148, Allah says, لَا يُحِبُّ اللَّهُ الْجَهْرَ بِالسُوءِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ إِلَّا مَنْ ظُلِمٍ Allah does not like wrong to be uttered, except in the case of the person who has been oppressed. Meaning he is saying you know, something which typically should not be said, but he says it to defend himself, to seek help, then that is acceptable. Allah says, وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ And the retribution for an evil act. Is سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا Is evil one like it? And not more. Alright? Meaning if somebody has done wrong to you, then what's the recompense? Exactly what they did to you, you do to them. So it is مِثْلُهَا Equal to it. How? In كَيْفِيَةٍ and kamiya, In quantity and in manner. فَمَنْ عَفَى وَأَصْلَحَ But whoever pardons and he makes reconciliation فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ Then his reward is due upon Allah. Meaning Allah will certainly reward him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الظَّالِمِينَ إِنَّهُ Indeed he لَا يُحِبُّ الظَّالِمِينَ He does not like the oppressors, the wrongdoers. So refrain from ظلم when taking revenge. So in this ayah, what is it that we are encouraged to do? Forgive and do islah. So while taking revenge is permissible, one should only do as much that was done to him. In Truth Al-Baqarah, Ayah 194, we learn, فَاعْتَدُوا عَلَيْهِ بِمِثْلِ مَعْتَدَى عَلَيْكُمْ In Truth Al-An'am 160, وَمَنْ جَاءَ بِالسَّيِّئَةِ فَلَا يُجْزَى إِلَّا مِثْلُهَا Even in the hereafter, a person will be punished only according to the sins that he has committed. So, while taking revenge is permissible, what do we see? Islah is better. Pardon is better. Right? And remember that Islah, fixing the problem, can only be through pardon. Through forgiveness. If you pardon, that is closer to taqwa. Now when it comes to pardoning someone, pardoning the oppressor, remember again it's of two types. One is good, and the other is bad. When is it good? 
when forgiving them will lead them to to change when is it bad when forgiving them will lead them to becoming worse right so again depending on the situation a person should either pardon or take revenge you know over here it's mentioned innahu la yuhibbu dhalimin allah does not like zulm so even when taking revenge one must refrain from zulm because oppression the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said oppression will be darkness on the day of resurrection so we don't want to be of those people who become zalim because zulm was done to us somebody hurt us so we hurt the other even more that makes us wrong that makes us criminals we listen to the recitation وَالَّذِينَ اسْتَجَابُوا لِرَبِّهِمْ وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَأَمْرُهُمْ شُورًا بَيْنَهُمْ وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَهُمُ الْبَغْيُ هُمْ يَنْتَصِرُونَ وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا فَمَنْ عَفَا وَأَصْلَحَ فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الظَّالِمِينَ